Welcome back, ghosts, ghouls, and things that go bump in the night. I hope you all had a nice, relaxing, monster-free new year. Of course, I feel the need to start the year off right by reminding you that even for those who don't believe in the supernatural, monsters can exist. So, why don't you sit back, relax, and tune in for I Believe in Monsters. I don't believe in the supernatural. I never have. It comes with the territory when your mom is a scientist and your dad is, well, one of those straight-laced type of men who doesn't really believe in anything other than the 9-to-5 grind in football on Saturdays. To say I don't believe in the supernatural is perhaps even a bit too tame, because truth be told, I will aggressively refute its existence until I'm blue in the face. Ghosts? No. Spirits? Not likely. Witches? Demon? And other nefarious sounding characters? (laughs) Not on your life. They're not real, they never have been, and there's no way you're going to convince me otherwise. Ooh, you felt a cool breeze on the back of your neck by your mother's grave, and your name was whispered in your ear? The wind, and wishful thinking, my friend. You saw the deathly white figure of a Victorian woman in your attic, your basement, or some other conveniently creepy place? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you did. How odd you never see a ghost in the cheese aisle at the shops, or at pump four at the gas station. I can see why you might want to think they exist. The world would be kind of boring without them. The allure of the unknown is always quite potent, and I can understand the attraction to a sign of life beyond the ordinary, but like I said, I don't believe in the supernatural. Which is why it frightens me so much when people start talking about monsters. Because I have no doubt that monsters are real. I've seen one. Just once. Over 10 years ago on the 27th of January 2011. I don't like talking about it. I've only ever told the tale once during a game of two truths and a lie. And even then, I didn't make it to the end of my story. You know the game I mean, right? I love cherry cola. I once ate nine bags of chips. And I saw a monster in the woods ten years ago. Two truths and one lie. I thought it would be a good one to share, as my friends would surely get it wrong. Of course that one's the lie. She doesn't believe in all that nonsense. Don't even get her started on ghosts. Etc. Etc. I was going to tell them the truth. I really was. And I would have won the game too. But something deep down in my gut stopped me. It was like my intestines were being squeezed and there was a hand on the back of my neck. So I just said, yeah, right, as if I saw a monster, (laughs) and continued on with the game. I lost the round and nobody knows that the lie was that I love cherry cola. That stuff is disgusting. One of my friends would later ask me if I had lied, that I had seen a monster and just didn't want to say it, when I looked at her confused, and maybe a little panicked, 
She said that I had looked odd and that all of the blood had gone from my face. I laughed it off, but I'm not sure if she ever believed me. But I can't keep it a secret forever, which is why, more than ten years later, I'm writing it down here where I can leave it and move on with my life. Because I don't want to think about that thing every time I'm out for a walk, to keep flinching if I hear a noise. So I'll get to the story now, short and sweet as it is. You'd have thought I would have been doing something so frightening at night under the cover of darkness in a driving storm, but it was actually around 11am when I saw it. I was on a walk with my dog Buddy, a scrappy, if not slightly derpy, three-year-old Jack Russell Terrier. It was a little cloudy, but nothing to hark on about. Everything had that gray tinge that winter brings, and there was a rustle of a breeze in the air. But there definitely wasn't any fog or lightning or rain as hard as bullets. It was just a January day. It was kind of gray and a little cold, like most days in January are. I had a pop at people experiencing things in conveniently creepy places earlier, so perhaps I'm being a little hypocritical now. Truth be told, I do live in a very old little town, and with old towns such as mine, you can get the ancient churches, old mines, or, in my case, a very large and conveniently creepy old quarry. It's been reclaimed by woods and trees in the last 100 years, so when I say quarry, I really mean a wood featuring giant craters filled with ivy and trees. Honestly, I'm surprised no one's written a crime fiction about murders taking place here, because as beautiful, and it is beautiful, as it is, it's also really freaking creepy sometimes. It was on the track that loops through this quarry where I saw it. Buddy stopped first, which is not uncommon on our walk through the wood. If you have a dog, you'll know there always seems to be a smell more important than walking to heal. So I did what I always do, walked forward a few more steps and gave him the mandatory little come on tug, but he wasn't budging, just staring out ahead of me on the path, which at this point was empty apart from Buddy and me. It's not uncommon for badgers, fox, deer, and even snakes to find their way down out of the thicket and onto the path to come catch some sun, so I figured there was just something off on the tree line that I couldn't see. It was when he started growling that I stopped trying to convince him to walk further. For a little dog, I've never heard anything so chilling as that rasping snarl, pulling air in and out through his teeth in a noise that made my hair stand on end. At this point, I'm thinking, oh man, it's a loose dog. Buddy's never been too friendly since he was attacked as a puppy, but I figure the way he's behaving, this dog probably isn't friendly either. He's defensive, not on the move to attack. I turn and stoop to pick him up, and that's when I hear the crack of a stick breaking, maybe 200 meters up ahead. There was no slow turn like in the movies, shaking and trembling as you turn to face whatever is behind you. I whipped my body around so fast I gave myself a headache, and there it was, standing, looking at me. You know how bears can stand up on their hind legs, right? But you know in your brain that they travel on all fours, so it looks right but somehow wrong to see them standing so still and upright? That was what the thing was doing up ahead. It was hunched over and watching, 
front legs off the ground and kind of hanging there limply, along with its head which was almost lolling on the breeze. The whole thing was a pink flesh color, or near about, maybe a little bit more gray. Its spindly legs faded into the naked branches and trunks of the trees. Honestly, it looked like a mangy greyhound, the way its legs seemed far too thin to hold up its heavy body. As cruel as it sounds, I kind of hoped it was a dog set loose in the woods or a deer on its last legs waiting for death. I would have given anything for it to be a sick or dying animal, and not what it was. But it couldn't be, not when it was as tall as the draft horse up at the farm and looked about as heavy. The worst part was its eyes, if that's even the right word for it. Holes would probably be more precise like someone had hollowed out the flesh with a knife, or perhaps shot it twice in the face, leaving deep rivets in the bone. Perhaps if I'd seen it by torchlight, they would glow, revealing actual eyeballs inside, but in the day they were just black, empty holes that looked as though they were bleeding. No mouth, no nose, no other discernible features, just long legs and bleeding eyes. I really wish I could describe to you more of what it looked like, draw an image of it for you and link it, but I can't. It would be like asking someone to describe a color that doesn't exist or tell you what popcorn smells like. And I wear glasses anyway, so my eyesight isn't exactly picture perfect, especially from a distance. I'm only glad I wasn't close enough to see more. It gave me more distance to start running which is exactly what I did when its two front legs hit the dirt. I don't know how many people hearing this will have been chased before. Not like in a game of tag or in sports like rugby or football. I mean, really chased. Like knowing the thing behind you will end your life if it catches you chased. Maybe some people hearing this understand if you've ever run after being followed home or run from a fight that turned bad but I don't think I've ever run so fast in my life, or ever will again. I wish I didn't know whether it had followed me or not, but I do. It did. Judging by the sound of its feet on the ground and the low panting it made with the effort of trying to catch me. Maybe I should have stood my ground and yelled at it, but I couldn't. Everything in my blood told me to run, and who am I to argue with blood? I managed to unload Buddy's lead and let him run ahead, just like my dad had taught me to do with the local cows. If they start charging, he can run a lot faster than you. He knows where he's going, you just focus on getting yourself over that fence, my love. And he certainly did run faster. He was over the stile before I was, waiting for me and pacing at the entrance to the wood. You'd have thought that was the end of it, that I ran home and didn't look back but I never told you about the noise. When I reached the boundary of the forest and tore through that gate, the thing that was following me stopped just beyond the tree line and wailed this guttural moan in a pitch that sailed through at least four octaves. Buddy, meanwhile, was furious, running and retreating, barking his head off in the way little dogs do, thinking they can take on another dog twice their size, or in this case, a fleshy matchstick creature at least 50 times bigger than himself. Out of breath and terrified, I was too busy yelling at him to come away to hear the noise the creature was making 
from behind the trunk of a large silver birch from a mouth that wasn't there. It was when my voice finally cracked on the 20th, Buddy! that I finally registered the noise in my head. I can't tell you how far my heart dropped in my chest when I realized what it was. It wasn't my voice, and it didn't sound like me, just to be clear. I've seen the films where the monster imitates the person's voice to lure them in before ripping them apart. This thing absolutely was not using my voice, but it was using my words. Body. 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 Wailed and mimicking in this horrible groaning voice like a person trying to speak with their mouth half shut, like they were in pain and every word strangled them. Over and over and over. I can't tell you how long I stood there listening to it over the sound of Buddy barking, completely frozen to the spot. When it finally trailed off and stood staring at me with those holes for eyes, I whispered for Buddy to come away, walking backwards silently. I tried to keep my words brief and changing with every sentence, as I wondered if shouting Buddy's name so many times had given it a chance to learn what I was saying. But it simply started mimicking my sentence structure, not quite getting the words right, but moaning in time with the words. Like a parrot might repeat but not truly understand a sentence. When Buddy finally followed, I ran home and locked every single door and window to the house. The rain that came later that day, I had hoped would wash away any scent it could follow and I slept with Buddy at my side and the lamp at my bed switched on for months. I never told my parents what happened. Like I said, my mom is a scientist and my dad is one of those straight-laced men that doesn't believe in anything other than the nine to five. They're not the type of people to believe in monsters. And neither was I, until that day. I can't tell you why it didn't follow me out of the tree line, and I can't tell you what would have happened because I don't know. I've not been back to the woods in winter since it happened, though I braved a stroll out there with some friends one summer evening last year. The whole time I was listening for a voice that wasn't mine to yell out Buddy's name, but it never came. The only thing that turned up the path that day was a deer who looked at us and ran away, followed swiftly by a barking and now graying old Buddy. My protector brave as ever. I don't think it's coming to get me, whatever it was. Ghosts and demons and witches in the movies have vendettas to carry out or some sort of vengeance to reap, but this thing wasn't like that. A lion doesn't hunt down one particular gazelle for months. If it can't catch it, the lion just looks for another thing to eat. And I hope that's what the monster did. When it didn't catch me, I hope it just moved on. It was like coming face to face with a shark in the middle of a pond, a predator that shouldn't have been there, something I really, really shouldn't have seen. The world is too small for something so frightening to exist. So I'm sorry if you ever do see it because it's moved into the woods or forests where you live. I hope wherever it's gone, and I do think it's gone, is somewhere far away from any of you, 
Truth be told, I hope it fell into one of the quarry pits and died under tons and tons of rock after snapping those spindly legs or drowning in one of the bleaching limestone lakes nearby, melting apart and sitting in silt below. But that's just wishful thinking. This isn't a ghost story, or a scary story, though it's certainly scary. Everything I said here is real. This from a huge skeptic. Nothing frightens me anymore except for that thing. I used to be terrified of horror films, and now I actually enjoy them. As if anything could be scarier than what I saw that day. As if anything could shatter my belief of what's real and what's not more than that thing. So my only advice, really, is to stay out of the woods. Don't walk alone, and don't speak around it. Stay quiet, and run. It's so cliche, but I truly don't know what else to say. Maybe someday, someone who matters more and is braver than me will see it, photograph it, and discover it like a new genus of creature. Maybe they'll talk about it to others and be excited, not terrified by its existence. They'll categorize it, name it as a new species, and people will treat it like they do other woodland creatures, with fascination and eventually mild interest the more common it becomes. Maybe one day, it'll become normal to see them around. Normal tends to be less scary. I'm sure bears were monsters to the first people who found them. Personally, I hope they don't. I hope I'm dead before things like this become a normal sight and that thing is dead before anyone else finds it. It's not right, and it never will be. I'd rather it just stay what it was. A monster I saw in the woods one day. And that, dear listeners, is I believe in monsters. Have you ever seen this matchstick creature in the woods or anything else creepy and unexplained if so please send it to me you can find me at hauntedhorrorstorian at gmail.com or on facebook at hauntedhorrorstorian podcast I'm afraid that's all we have time for this week but until next time listeners If you're out on a walk in January, maybe don't go in the woods. Stay spooky, and remember, sometimes it's more than just a story.